Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Junior Church, four years old through fourth grade, are dismissed to walk. Right up here, they'll meet you up front. You guys having a great year? Start off good, yeah? Okay. Uh, I can also attest that it... Um, I dropped that. Thank you, Osric. So, um... Sorry. Okay. So, I was so excited to ring in the new year last night. Um, I went to bed and was asleep by 11. It was great. Yes. So, I have heard that there are four stages. I read this, and many of you have heard this. I've heard there's four stages of life. You believe in Santa. You don't believe in Santa. You are Santa. And then, like Bernie here, you look like Santa. And with all the New Year stuff, people are talking about losing weight or getting, because we're all getting older. This lady um, recently went to the doctor for her annual physical. The nurse, this is what she said. The nurse asked me how much I weighed, and I told her 135 pounds. The nurse uh, weighed me, smiled, and, and said, sorry, ma'am, it's 180. The nurse then said, how, how tall are you? And I said, a five foot six inches. They measured me, and she said, sorry, dear, you're only five foot three inches. Then the nurse took my blood pressure and said, oh my goodness, this is really high. When the lady says, of course it's high. When I came in here, I was tall and slender, now I'm short and fat. I'm going to need somebody to smack some heads up here. All right. Another funny thing I heard, uh, this is a true story. This sister and I decided to reframe our favorite photograph of our mother and father from when they were dating, which was 60 years prior. After removing the picture from the frame, I turned it over, hoping to find the date of when the picture was taken. Instead, I found my mother's handwritten saying 128 pounds. She was... Okay, I thought it was funny. How many of you like growing older. Wow. I knew there would be teenagers. Oh, I want to grow older. Yeah. No, don't talk. If you're young, you're probably like the idea of getting older. If you're already older, you don't really like the idea of getting much older. Why is it? Many times it's because we fear what is ahead of us. We fear the aches and pains, the added bills, the unknown. Some people don't like the idea of a new year because it means that getting older and, and those health problems, we never know what it's going to hold. And some people, when it comes to the new year, they think, ugh, another one. Some think yay. Some are excited. The new sounds good to some people, but not always. If you like the new, like Walter was saying, you know, you're going to resolution for a new car or new house, maybe a new job, new wardrobe, new computer. But new doesn't always mean better, does it? One man, after buying a, his new car, he said this, the transmission makes a loud grinding noise while braking. The power windows sometimes stick and won't go up. At least this keeps me from going to the car wash. The alternator gave out at 950 miles. The seams on the seats have already pulled apart after 2,000 miles. The CD player ate my favorite CD, and it won't eject it. By the way, it guzzles gas. 
It was not a Ford. It was actually a GM. It was a Hummer. So, yeah, they drank gas. So, new isn't always nice or better. At least while we're starting this new year, maybe we can hope for the better things, the new betters. And it really depends on our attitude and our spiritual attitude. The important things about a new year is to think about what we're going to do that makes us better, not here on this earth, but better in the eyes of God. It's only in a relationship, God, that can anything can get better Um, When things go wrong, he's the only one who can make these things right and better. Going to a new year, how many of us want this year to be better? Don't we all? We want this to be better. I can tell you right now, I'm hoping that it's not a repeat of 2020. Right? It's got to be better than that. But we said that in 21 and in 22. and So how should we enter this new year? What should we do to make the most of this year? Typically on New Year's, sermon, uh, new Year's Sundays, the sermon you hear is about the new year, new you, or our New Year's resolutions. Instead, I want to take this day to look at what each of us individually and then corporately as a whole church should do to prepare for this next year. We're going to unpack just a few verses in Romans 13. If you want to go ahead and turn there, Romans 13. A Sunday school teacher asked the children before she dismissed them as they were going into church, she goes, and why is it necessary to be quiet in church? Little Johnny replied, because that's where people sleep. A lady who was known, um, who knew Winston Churchill's main rival in Parliament, he was giving a speech, and Churchill, with his usual enthusiasm for this rival, dozed off. He just fell asleep while this lady was speaking. She stopped her speech and woke Sir Winston by yelling, Mr. Churchill, must you sleep while I talk? He opened his eyes, smiled, and he said, um, No, ma'am, I do so purely by choice. Most people who are spiritually asleep do so by choice. Many people deliberately ignore God. They ignore Christ and the Bible, and they go their merry, miserable way. Romans 13, 11, this is what it says. This is all the more urgent for you, um, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Spiritual apathy abounds in our day and time. Many people are spiritually asleep and they don't care. They don't want to be woke up. They have the attitude of, I don't know. I don't care. That's the kind of attitude that many people have towards God, Christ, and all things holy. But according to these scriptures, Paul is writing to Christians, to us, and it is time to wake up. It is time to wake up. We expect people in Hollywood and the world to be spiritually asleep. 
I expect unbelievers, non-Christians, to be bored with Christianity. However, I do not expect that of believers. Are we spiritually asleep in any way? It's very highly possible. Vance Harbner, an old preacher, used to say, the same church members who yell like Comanche Indians at the ball game on Saturday sit like wooden Indians in church on Sunday. Could our lack of enthusiasm for things of God be an indication of something that's wrong within us? It could be. I'm part of a minister's group, and, and during the school year, we meet once a month together. It's, it's in Fort Wayne area. Um, we get together for a time of worship, uh, for a message, and time of prayer together. And usually in our prayer time, we, we break up into groups of four to eight because ministers can't count. We, they usually tell them four to six, and then there's always one group that's wrong. And during this prayer time, we try to encourage one another, and we share prayer requests. Many times you'll hear one of the ministers complaining, discouraged, because no one in their church ever replies with like an amen or, or a preach it during the sermon. And, and when that happens, you'll hear other ministers say, join the club. You're preaching to the choir on that. Usually another minister um, will say that there's lack of enthusiasm for God's word or the things of God. And, Many ministers have a hard time getting people in their church to volunteer in various ways. Nursery church, junior church, Sunday school teachers, greeters, communion prep, and, and all of that and more. And then these ministers just start getting discouraged because it's not just their church. We need to wake up to the spiritual condition of our lives. Wake up to the spiritual condition of our homes and our community. We need Christians to wake up. There are various areas in this church where we need help. In fact, some of you have seen me walking around a couple. I'm going to do a shameless plug right now. We, we need people for communion prep and some greeters. And so I, I just, there are some expectations for greeters. I need everybody to just smile for a moment. Hey, you're all qualified. <laughs> Except she didn't smile, so she can't. All right, so, um, but if you'd like to help with one of those, or the nursery, C-A-R-E-L, if you, if there are areas we need people to step up, because if you are just coming to sit, you're wasting, you're wasting your spiritual life, the gifts that God has given you. God has not called us to sit. He's calling us to wake up, to get up. There are many things that we do or perhaps fail to do that indicate we may be somewhat asleep spiritually. So how do we wake up sleeping people? Uh, there was a time I was living with my Uncle Jim. Um, Mom had divorced our biological and we had to move in with him. And, and I slept in the same bed as my cousin Casey. And he, he, was, he was a teenager. And he liked to sleep in. And it was one Sunday morning, and he, I got up because it was time to get up, and I was scared of my Uncle Jim, who was the preacher. And my cousin Casey didn't wake up. He rolled over. And so I came out of the bathroom, brushing my teeth, and saw my Uncle Jim with this big smile on his face, carrying a pitcher of ice water. Not just water. It had ice in it. 
And he just walked in there and he says, Son, it's time to wake up. And he poured it right on him. I thought it was hilarious. I have wanted to do that to my boys. They always wake up when I tell them to. I know. I'm excited. How do you wake up sleeping people? That's how my Uncle Jim woke him up. How do we wake him up in the church? Uh, one minister said, well, let's do one of those rattlesnake holding things. That'll wake people up, right? Some of you, if we did that, you'd be gone, wouldn't you? There's snake in here, I'm out. We're not going to do that. But when it's time to wake up, the best thing to do to wake someone up is to call on them. To call out to them. I actually had to go wake Brady up, and he got up when I told him. But I went up, hey, Brady, it's time to wake up. He got up. Maybe we need to start doing that to each other. Going up and saying, hey, we, we need people to step up in here. We need people to get up. We need to, can I come to you and just do that? Can you do that to me? We need to wake up on that. Start to calling out to one another. Let's go to verse 12 and 13. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and, and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all, um, for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Isn't this a funny verse to read the night after New Year's Eve parties? It's almost like somebody planned that. Who here likes to be dirty? Like grimy filth and you just sit in it? Weirdo. Another teenager. Some people in the world besides him like to be dirty. They don't mind being dirty. I want you to take, for example, Amu Haji. He, is, he was the world's dirtiest man. And here's a picture of him. He, he lived in a cinder block shack in Iran. Because he experienced emotional setbacks in his youth, he did not bathe in any water or anything for over 60 years. He frequently ate roadkill, and he smoked a pipe filled with animal excrement. That's poo. He believed cleanliness would make him ill. Who wants to invite him over for dinner? Again, teenagers. Yeah. That is physically dirty. Did you know? People said you could smell him 20 to 30 feet away. <laughs> She's over here plugging her nose and just looking at the picture. What about actions? That, that's just physically ill or dirty. What about um, actions? In Indianapolis several years ago, a man was arrested after police said he left his five-year-old son in a semi while he went into a strip club to drink. The 39-year-old was arrested at 1.15 a.m. on child neglect and public intoxication charges after he called the police saying his semi-truck was stolen with his child in it. The semi wasn't missing. He was so drunk he forgot where he parked. 
When the police found the truck, it was unlocked with his five-year-old sitting in the back watching cartoons. The keys were also in the ignition. The police say that the son, or this, this man put his son in jeopardy by leaving him exposed in a very high crime area. He was taken to the Marion County Jail where his wife picked up the child. That man, this man is physically ill, or dirty. That man's actions need to be cleaned up. Which is what we all must do to prepare for this year, which is clean up. Now, most of us are not going to be as bad as Amu there, or the guy who lost his semi-truck. Nor as bad as Paul talked about in this text, but we all struggle with sins. And it's time to clean up. That's what a lot of the New Year's resolutions are about, is to clean up our attitude, clean up our act, clean up our spiritual lives. How do we do it? We take whatever sin that is dragging us down, we take it to God and ask for mercy and grace, ask for mercy for our sins, and ask for His grace for us to get over them and beyond them. God created us. If He created us, He can recreate us to help us walk with Him daily. I'm going to tell you right now, if you are struggling in an addiction, addicted sin, if you are stuck in a habitual sin, you cannot get out of it on your own. You need Jesus. And I can say that because it was you who got yourself into that mess. And given to our own devices, what are we going to choose? Sin. It's our sinful nature. That's why God comes in and cleans us up so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit to make better choices. We need to be cleaned up. It's when... The Lord gets out of our sight, that He's out of our mind, and that's when we get into trouble. To get cleaned up, we need to make sure we are constantly washing our lives in the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we are spiritually asleep and spiritually dirty, the Bible is going to seem hard to understand and just not relevant. And if that's how we feel, wake up. Please clean up. And know that you're not alone in that. We will help you. Because guess what I needed to do at one time? Wake up and clean up. So we need to do those two. To find out the, the next thing, we need to go to verse 14. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let, you, don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires. This verse tells us the final action we need to do to prepare for this year. Dress up. We need to wake up, clean up, and dress up. But how are we going to dress up? Well, we prefer to look decent, right? We want to look okay. Casual's the in, right? But I am not talking about physical clothing. That's why I actually wore jeans. I wanted to make sure people did not think that the... The preacher up here was saying, you've got to wear dress clothes to be a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. We don't need three-piece suits. We don't need super elaborate dresses. We need people to be decent in that. But I'm not talking about clothing. 
And while casual is in physically in clothing, casual attire in our spiritual life is not in or accepted by God. We all know what that we have an outer person and an inner person. The most famous story that you can read about that is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. First published in 1886, it's about a London lawyer who investigates these strange occurrences of Dr. Henry Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And this character um, is a doctor who receives this secret potion type thing and it changes him. He's battling within himself. He doesn't want to do the bad, but yet it, it emerges out of him and takes control, and he does these evil deeds. Does it ever sound like us? Then we know we want to do right, but yet this inner desire kind of takes over and pulls us and pushes us, and we start doing things we don't like. We battle with the darkness that lies within us. That's what the Bible calls the sin nature. Sin still lurks around us and raises its ugly head occasionally, and it takes control. And if that sounds like you, I want you to know you're in great company. The Apostle Paul, the one who wrote this passage that we're looking at, look what he says in Romans 7.15. I don't really understand myself where I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You know what he's saying? I want to do good, but I end up stumbling back into my sins. And I hate it. And he's at this war within himself because of this sinful nature. We all struggle with the darkness of sin within us. Perhaps it's in different areas or arenas than each other. How many people know who this person is, this picture up here? It's Andy Murray. We've got a couple people who know tennis. Okay. Did you know several years ago he had relationship problems? Now, unlike Tiger Woods, Murray hasn't been spending too much time with other women. Instead, he spent so much time on his PlayStation, the number four ranked player in the world was dumped by his girlfriend because he would spend up to seven hours a day playing video games. Now, teenagers, this very attractive woman dumped him because he was dating a video game. So don't do that. It's not worth it. It's a waste of time. And here's what it was. This little electronic device took his attention away from the important things, away from relationships. What Andy Murray does with the PlayStation, we do with so many other things, so many other sins in our life. And I'm going to tell you right now, he had an idolatrous problem. PlayStation was his idol. It's idol worship. And instead of focusing on the God who created us and the good things, we start focusing on these gifts that God has given us. That is idolatry. It is spiritual adultery. When we take something from the gift giver and honor it instead of the one who gave it. We are guilty and we need to dress up our actions, our attitudes. We need to dress up with Christ. Scripture says we must clothe ourselves with Christ. Now, how do we, how do we clothe ourselves with the character of Christ? Well, it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time, effort, energy, and devotion. 
There's a lady named Becky Griggs, and I could I tried to figure out. I don't know if she's related. She is related somewhere. Okay. Um, a big change from six years ago. She is. Um, she weighed 352 pounds, and as she calls it, she was engaged in a slow form of suicide. Here she is at 43 years old, wife and mother, decided enough is enough. She knew she was killing herself with her eating habits and her bad other habits. And so she changed. She took the bull by the horns and went to work, and she didn't do it alone. She got people to help her, hold her accountable. She started eating right, emphasizing protein and, and things that God had made. And now she weighs 150 pounds and is healthier than ever. She did it in two years. She changed her lifestyle by focusing her attention and dressing on the things that Christ wanted within her. What she did physically is what we need to do spiritually. Many of us have very poor or bad spiritual habits. I've heard so many people, well, I, don't, I don't go to church as much as I should. I know. We don't read God's Word as much as we should. I don't pray like I should. We don't serve as much as we should. I, I don't focus on walking with God like I know I should. If you focus on those tasks, you're going to fail. Instead, you focus on the relationship of the one and allow Him to help you in all those areas. If all you're trying to do is make sure you come to 90% of Sundays, just 90%, then you've neglected God. You're going for an attendance. If all you're trying to do is, well, I'm going to read for 10 minutes a day, that's all I want, I want to read 10 minutes, then you're not having a conversation with God. You're not allowing Him to talk to you and put into you. You're just doing a checkoff. We need to focus and dress up with Christ and do things the way He did. All this for the new year, we need to make some changes. St. Joe needs to make some changes in order to get right with Christ and allow Him to move into us in a deeper, stronger way and then to move through us in a more powerful way into this community. We don't just need new and better material things, but we do need to be new and better people of Christ. And that will only happen in Christ. Not because of us, but because of Him. Uh, this next year's theme. This next year's theme is foundation. Uh, the picture will be right up here. To have an unwavering faith. The theme verses, I'm going to read to you. As you come to Him, meaning Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, so as we come to Christ, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scriptures it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, 
The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. All this year, we are going to be looking at that cornerstone, the foundation of our faith. We're going to be going through the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to look fully at the earthly life of Jesus to make sure that we are living our lives, basing them on the foundation of Jesus. And in order to do that, St. Joe, we need to wake up so that we can move our lives and put it on that precious cornerstone. We need to clean up and get our living stone lifestyle, our faithful life, ready to receive His Word and His power. And then we need to dress up and get ready for His work. I'm really excited for this season of St. Joe, of living our life on the foundation of Christ. Then we'll be able to build up we keep talking about a new building for the church, a new building for this and this. And uh, as much as many of us want that, that is not the new building we need to be focusing on. It is right here. It is right here. We need to be focusing on building up the body of Christ, laying down it onto the foundation of Christ and letting that build the real church, not a building. A church that has a great sending capacity, not just a seating capacity. One that raises up new godly leaders. One that is training people. And as much as this little section over here can be irritating, these teenagers, they are also the ones that we see great hope in that I can't wait to send them out into the world to change the darkness and bring in the light of God. That is what we need, and that can only happen on the foundation of Christ. So, Happy New Year. Because this year we are going to live in this foundation, on this foundation, and only this foundation. Are you ready for that? Because when we do, the gates of hell will shake and tremble. Satan will cower. Lives will be transformed. Families will be renewed. Relationships restored. All because of the foundation. Because of Jesus. Where are you when it comes to this new year? Are you ready to wake up? Are you ready to be cleaned up and to dress up? If you have not done any of those we will, and you want to talk to us about it, we are not perfect people. We have not figured it all out. We just know the one to go to. And we want to do that with you. You need help with that. We have elders who want to just sit and pray with you and talk with you. Dustin and I would love to do that as well. We are not perfect. Do not ascribe to be like Donnie. There is already one in this world and that's almost too much. Instead, let's ascribe to be clothed with Christ, to look and act like Him. Let's stand and let's go to God in worship and start that with prayer. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that we don't have to have it all figured out, but that you have figured it out.
God, we ask that you move within us, that you would help us to wake up, to let go of our spiritual slumber, to help clean us up so that we can get rid of this sin nature that keeps taking hold of us, that we can let go of these habitual sins and to step out into the true light of your Son. And God, I ask that you help this church, help every one of us to clothe with the character of Christ. To set aside the, the things of this world, the fame, the reputation, the finances, and only hold on to the everlasting, which is your Son. God, wake up our church. Clean up this church. And dress up this church so much that the, the gates of hell scared once again about your church. And as we face this new year, God, I ask that you fill us with that power, that you fill us with that hope, and let us see what it means to live on your foundation. And in Jesus we pray. Amen.